You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 7, Abraham and Sarah in Gerar. After the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham and Sarah take all they have and move to Gerar, which is a Philistine city on the border of Palestine and Egypt, about 10 miles south of Gaza. Lot is never mentioned again, so we don't know if he ever saw Abraham again, or if he ever learned that it was due to his uncle's intercession that he was saved. Abraham is a nervous traveler. While he remained in Mamre, or Hebron, he felt safe, but as soon as he went out among other groups, he feared for his life. I've heard Captain James Cook hoped missionaries had preceded him to various islands so he'd feel safer. So even this father of the faithful distrusts God, has too much concern for his own life, not enough concern for his wife's safety, and a willingness to deceive. So like in chapter 12, when they went to Egypt, he reverts to the same ploy and tells the foreign king Abimelech that Sarah is his sister. Many years later, Isaac will also encounter Abimelech, so it's believed it is not a proper name, but rather a Philistine dynastic title, like Pharaoh for the Egyptians or Caesar for the Romans. He says this because he thinks that if people know that he is the husband of this beautiful woman, they will kill him to get her. But if he is her brother, they will treat him well for her sake. Remember, Sarah is now almost 90 years old and still stunningly beautiful. But she joins in the lie, just like last time. So Abimelech sends for her and takes her into his harem, just as Pharaoh, king of Egypt, had done 25 years earlier. In that case, they figured out something was wrong when they were inflicted with serious diseases. In this case, Abimelech's wives and female slaves were unable to conceive, and then the truth is revealed supernaturally to Abimelech in a dream. Although rare, here we have God speak directly to an unbeliever. God threatens him. You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. In spite of the fact that Sarah was in his harem for a long enough period of time that the women in his household could not conceive, he had not touched her. He argues his innocence and integrity to God because he had never been told the truth. He asks, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. God responds, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. So God protected Sarah and the godly line when her own husband failed to do so. And this was so that in when she gives birth within a year, There will be no question that Abraham is the father. God's promises are based on his faithfulness, not on the instability of man. And this shows us that God knows our motives and our actions. How good to know that we have a righteous judge. Then he tells him what to do. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. Even though he was innocent, he still had to restore Sarah to her husband. Here we see Abraham's role again as an intercessor. 
This is the first use of the term prophet in scripture. He was authorized to speak to God on behalf of Abimelech, although the word usually refers to someone speaking to others on behalf of God. Then the alternative, but if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all who belong to you will die. Verses 8 through 14, the confrontation. Abimelech is wise, and early the next morning he summons all his officials and tells them what had happened. They are very afraid. Then he summons Abraham and asks, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should never be done. And Abimelech asks Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Pharaoh had also asked Abraham the reason he lied. In that case, he never gave an answer. But here, Abraham replies, giving three reasons. I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Perhaps he was still remembering the wickedness of Sodom and expected this place was much the same. He feared death rather than trusting that God would protect him. He feared them because they didn't believe in God, but Abraham was the one who lied, whereas the people in this pagan nation showed integrity and proper submission to God. How humiliating it must have been for Abraham to be rebuked by a heathen king again. Then he felt the need to explain that it was a half-truth. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you should can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. He explained that this was their usual practice wherever they went, as if that made it okay. He acknowledges that God was the one who sent him here away from his father's family. And this is also the first mention of marital love. Here we see that even the best of men are only men at best. Abraham, who demonstrates great faith at other times, here reveals his distrust of God, his concern for his own safety, and his intent to deceive. Through his lie, motivated by cowardice, he was also putting Sarah in jeopardy, a lesson he should have learned 25 years earlier. Instead of confessing his wrong, he attempts to justify it with excuses. Whereas Abimelech takes the warning, appreciates the restraint of his sin, fears the consequences, and acts quickly to make it right. The fear of God was found where Abraham least expected it. Verses 15 through 18, the resolution. Then, like Pharaoh, he not only doesn't harm Abraham, but he gives him many gifts. In this case, sheep, cattle, male and female slaves, silver, and a choice of where to live. So through all these events, Abraham continues to prosper. Abimelech also publicly restores Sarah to him and offers the best of his land to Abraham, allowing him to live wherever he likes. He also justifies or vindicates Sarah before everyone to show she is still untainted by giving Abraham a thousand shekels of silver, which is a great quantity of money. But, like Pharaoh who said, take your wife and go, Abimelech says, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. He must have scoffed out the word brother. 
Then, as God promised, Abraham prayed for him, and God not only spared Abimelech, but blessed his family, so that the women in his household now conceived, whereas they were prevented from doing so by the Lord. Children were seen as a blessing. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the Gospel do we find in this chapter? The Israelites looked back on this event as an example of God's protection. In 1 Chronicles 16 it says, When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. We need to look back at how the Lord has brought us this far and trust that he will complete his work. Abimelech was confronted by God about his sin. Everyone will one day be judged from the greatest to the least. Abimelech claimed extenuating circumstances. God was aware of it, but told him his judgment would be based on his behavior now that he had been confronted with the truth. He may have been innocent in this at the beginning, but if he persisted in it knowingly, he would suffer consequences. Even so, he was liable to judgment even before he knew what God expected, which shows that we are all in a guilty state before God naturally. Conscience is a gift of God to all people, so even unbelievers should not go against what they feel is wrong. Unfortunately, continually sinning against it can cause our consciences to become seared. Abraham was instructed to pray for Abimelech. In this sense, he was a mediator, interceding for an enemy. Jesus is our mediator, interceding between God and us while we were enemies. Abraham was the recipient of great promises from God. He had no reason to fear God wouldn't protect him. Likewise, we are his people and we don't need to fear others. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Abraham didn't learn from the last time, and instead of trusting God, he lied again and put Sarah at risk. We downplay lying, separating them into big lies and little white lies, but scripture makes no such distinction. Lying is always forbidden in both the Old and New Testaments. God oversaw the situation and protected Sarah where Abraham failed. While it is no excuse for sin, we know that God works out all things, even afflictions and the actions of sinful people, for our good and his glory, so that his covenant will be kept. His covenant will be kept because he is faithful even when we are not. Sadly, Abraham was rebuked by a heathen king and suffered public embarrassment. We need to behave wisely in front of everyone, believers and unbelievers. Abimelech acted in innocence and then obeyed quickly when corrected by God. When God reveals our sin through the conviction brought by the Holy Spirit, we need to repent, believe, and obey. He also went beyond what was expected and gave gifts to Abraham. In doing so, Abimelech showed more concern for Sarah than her own husband did. Husbands are to love their wives sacrificially as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We are to take care of our families, or we have denied the faith and are worse than unbelievers. 
Jesus said the people in the world are often wiser than believers in some things. The sign that Abimelech had been forgiven was that his wives and female slaves bore children again. Children are a blessing from God, in spite of our current culture saying the opposite. As with many other events recorded in Scripture, this was written as a warning, not an example to follow. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Genesis chapter 21. May God bless the study of his word.